0: of homesick for a country to which I time.
1: If you have your Bible this morning, if you turn with me to Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 49, the title of my message today is, Don't Be Afraid, Just Believe, Luke eight forty-nine and following. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from Jairus' house with a message, Your little girl is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just trust in me. Just believe, and she will be all right. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, James, and John, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people, weeping. And wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at Jesus because they knew that she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said with a loud voice, get up, my child. And at that time, at that very moment, her life returned, and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. Well, this has been a very tense uh, week or two in our country. We've been dealing with the issues related to Iran. We've had to pray that our leaders know what they're doing and that they can help keep us from being blown up by these nuclear bombs. This week uh, in Chattanooga, where I grew up, uh, there were four Marines murdered and a sailor murdered by a a terrorist that decided uh, that was the right thing to do. We have wars that are going on with different twists and turns all around the world today. I keep expecting some horrible bomb to go off in New York or San Francisco or Chicago or Miami or uh, somewhere close. The MRSA bacteria that is prevalent in our hospitals and nursing homes is spreading. It's becoming more intense, more severe, more people have it. For a clean freak like me, uh, that is something to make you very, very nervous because I'm in the hospital almost every day. Our economy is questionable. We have a huge Huge debt. I think it's over $3 trillion now. What in the world are our politicians afraid of? Why can't we have some statesmen that stand up and say, we don't want to end up like Greece. We want to pay this off. We want to do it right. I guess we could all be afraid of everything that's just around the corner. Jesus says to our fears this morning, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. Jesus healed a lot of people during his earthly ministry. I'm sure there were thousands that came to him for one ailment or another. It says in a couple places that he healed everybody that came to him. Believing is so much better Than being afraid, they believed that he could heal them. So they came. It gives you something to look forward to rather than something to dread. The ruler of the synagogue was its president. His name was Jairus. He was a wealthy man. He was a prestigious uh, uh, sort of person. He was in a very high position. His primary responsibility was for the care of the physical arrangements for the worship services. He had a big job. Everybody respected him. The child that is spoken of in our passage is his daughter, his only daughter. As Jesus was moving along the road, a messenger comes from the house of Jairus with word that Jesus wouldn't be needed. Because the girl has died. She's dead. We can't help her now. Well, Jairus' uh, request at first was for a great teacher of the Bible to come and to do a great healing. That was his first request. Uh, Now something else was needed because she died. It didn't seem like a healer would be appropriate at this point. No one really thought that Jesus could deal with the situation. This was above his head or beyond his power. Uh, they thought, well, now this girl's dead and and he can't do anything about that. Only Israel's greatest prophets had possessed the power that enabled them to do something like that. In the crisis, Jesus' response is one of assurance. Isn't that interesting? When everybody's worrying and fretting and stewing, he comes forth with assurance. He wants to come to each of us today that are in this house with assurance. Assurance. As we face life and the difficulties that obviously uh, come. The ultimate enemy is death. And it is not exempt from God's rule. We need to remember that. Believing, having faith, is the key to comforting the crises in our lives as they come. Sometimes it seems like, They gather together, and they all come at us at the same time. To believe inspires and signifies a personal trust in Jesus, which involves the confidence that he will gain victory even over death. There might be something else that's stalking you. Is it something that's coming after you because of some past deed that you have done? Is something haunting you because you have lied about something or you have been immoral about something? Is there something in your past that is reaching out, trying to catch up with you? It's stalking you. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just believe, just trust. Just commit yourselves to him. The story of Jessica Lynch, the prisoner of war, just a few years ago. I'm sure you remember her. She was in all the newspapers and on all the television programs and everything. It was very interesting to me. She did a memory book just before leaving America that had pictures and sayings in it that were all of a Christian nature. She was obviously a Christian young lady. Many times during her captivity, she faced death. She thought, I'm going to die in the next two or three minutes. That happened numerous times during her imprisonment. She knew that if she died, she would be in the loving arms of Jesus. She knew that. She knew things that would immediately be better for her In glory than they had ever been on earth, she knew that. She had a Christian world view. She had studied the scripture. She knew what was ahead. She was and is a believer. When Jesus arrived at the house of Jairus, the scene of mourning was in full swing. Many people were wailing and mourning. They were paid wailers and mourners. Back then, if uh, someone died in your family, you would hire somebody to come in and wail, make real loud noises. Wah! <laughs> that wasn't a very good wail, was it? I thought it was better when I practiced it. <laughs> they would come in and they would whale. They were professional whalers and mourners. And they would pour dirt on their head. Sometimes they'd rip their clothes. Now, Jairus was a rich man. You know, a, a poor, a normal person would have maybe one whaler. He had a whole bunch of whalers. He was rich, he was powerful hired a whole bunch of people. There was wailing, big wailing going on. They were all paid. I know something about that. I've been a renter preacher a number of times in my life. (laughs) I worked for uh, two uh, funeral homes, and I preached hundreds of funerals. Sparkman Hillcrest, I think, is still the nicest uh, funeral home in Dallas, and I worked there, and I worked for a funeral home in Fort Worth, Harvison and Cole, and I worked there for a number of years during my uh, graduate work. I had to pay my way through, so I had to have a job, and I would preach funerals for people that I had never met, that I never knew. There were... Two unwed mothers' homes in Fort Worth at that time. This had been a long, long time ago. And the girls, many times, would kill the babies within them. And then they would uh, ask me to do the funeral. And I would meet, many times, with a teenage girl and maybe her mother, maybe her father on the side of a hill, and I'd do a graveside uh, service. I did that many, many, many times. Well, these whalers they didn't have any understanding of Jesus at all. Uh, They didn't appreciate him. They didn't know him. And when he got up in front of the crowd and said, uh, she's not dead, she's just sleeping, they all started laughing. They started ridiculing him they thought, well, this is the most ridiculous thing we've ever heard. Who does this guy think he is? We know dead people when we see them. You can't fool us. If somebody's dead, we do this every day. We know when somebody's dead. Well, uh, you know, this is, this is what's going on. Set against what was happening, the perspective of Jesus was that death, he felt, need not cause such consternation. Isn't that interesting? Whatever power that death has is only temporary. It's just temporary. Yesterday, here at our church, we had a funeral for Alice Randolph. Many of you knew her, loved her. She was a great lady. She was a no-nonsense kind of person. She was a strong Christian person. Uh, When I read the eulogy yesterday that the family had given me, it listed all the places of service that she had been in churches through all these years. And she had done just about everything. In our church, she helped uh, get food together for the uh, times when... uh, Food was presented. She would uh, call up people and get them to bring food, and she would uh, keep it up until she had the right amount. She was on our missions committee. She was a godly lady. The, The story of Alice's life is this. She was born. She grew up. She trusted in Jesus. She grew to be a very strong person of faith. She got sick, and she died. And now she's alive again. She's with the Lord and Savior. She's not dead, she's sleeping, Jesus said. Now this is a a Christian view of death, and believers that have studied a good bit understand what Jesus was saying. If you die in the Lord, there will be an awakening In the Lord That's what we always say at funerals And and I believe it And I hope you do Because it's true When Jesus says The girl is sleeping These laughs This ridicule In the gospel of Mark It says about this situation Jesus asked everybody To leave the room except the mother and the father, Peter, James, and John, Jesus, and the dead girl. Everybody else leave. And so I I don't know how he got that to happen because they were laughing at him just a minute before this, but somehow that's what happened. And everybody left. Jesus uh, walks over to the girl He reaches out, takes her by the hand. He begins to pull her toward himself, and he commands her to rise. Now, you might want to change the word. You might want to say he commands her to arise, which is what she did. This is not only getting up. This is coming back to life in the Lord. Luke's explanation of this unbelievable occurrence is that her spirit returned. That's the way he says it. Her spirit returned. Well, you can say it any way you want to, but she was dead and then she was alive. Well, guess what? The father and mother, they're looking at all this, and they're just overwhelmed. They're astonished. She was, in fact, just sleeping in Jesus. The fact of the resurrection is verified in that she began to eat after Jesus had raised her up. The message of the whole affair is, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. Christ, who tasted death, for every man and woman, every boy and girl, rose from the dead. In a way, he abolished death for every believer that would ever pass from this life. Therefore, we are not to fear when death or any calamity comes upon us. You might say, well, now that might sound good but when those terrorists are shooting bullets and they're going all around me, I'm going to be scared to death. Well, faith and fear are intertwined in life. And that's good. That's good. We fear losing a grandparent, a parent, a mate, a child, a friend, But in each of these situations, we also believe. I'm sure that Jessica Lynch was afraid. But there was also a resolve in her heart. I know that she said outwardly and inwardly, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that she had that perspective because of her study in the word of God. Jairus had uh, very difficult moments, as you can imagine. He believed at first, if he could get Jesus to his daughter in time, that he could heal her. He believed that. He had great faith. He then thought, well, my daughter's dead. I need to get these wailers to start wailing. Then Jesus uh, uh, comes, and Jesus says to him, don't be afraid. Jesus cautions him not to let the faith that he had vanish under a new set of circumstances. Now that's the main point in my sermon today. I'm going to be redundant. Jesus cautioned him not to let the faith that he had vanish under a new set of circumstances. Don't weaken under this new test, Jesus is saying. Now, for some of us here this morning, we say, well, I can handle this. You know, if this is all that's going to be bad, then I can handle it. I have faith in Christ. I have faith in the Lord. I have faith in the word. I have faith in the Holy Spirit. And then something else comes. And it's like we say to ourselves, well, I don't know if I can handle this or not. Maybe some of you this morning are in that very situation. Maybe some of you have been living and and all of a sudden the situation has changed. It's gotten a lot worse. And Jesus wants to say to your heart, to your mind, to your soul, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't quit believing because the circumstances have changed. Here is the logic of faith or believing. If we trust at all, we really need to trust and have faith all the way. Not just a little bit of faith that can handle little bitty issues, little bitty problems, but a great big faith. A wholehearted faith that is in Christ as our Lord and Savior. And as we commit ourselves to him, His promises become real and become validated in our life. Now, men may disappoint you. Sometimes I've heard a lot of people say over my lifetime, you know, I had great faith in so-and-so, and really my faith itself was kind of tied up in him or her because they are the ones that, have helped me so much and now they've messed up and I don't know where that leaves me. That happens all the time. Well, we've got to remember not to put our faith in somebody else. We need to put our faith in the Lord Jesus. And if we do that, And it doesn't matter the calamity. It doesn't matter the time of testing. It doesn't matter what new circumstance comes our way. He can handle it. And if you die, guess what? You graduate. And it's a whole lot better. Uh, You know, a lot of people are going to wish that they had died a lot sooner when they get to heaven. Ethel, why did you give me all that brand stuff? <laughs> I'm sure that you're facing something this morning. We all are. There are issues that we have to face. Are we going to let it beat us? We need to put our faith forward. little boy was sp- spending his Saturday morning in the sandbox. He loved the sandbox. He had a box, and in the box he had cars and little trucks. And he had a nice green pail, and he had a red, shiny red, real strong plastic shovel. Those were his tools. And he was having a great time. This was Saturday morning, and and it was the weather was nice and, and the sand was soft and he was digging tunnels in the sand and he was making some mountains in the sand and he was doing this and doing that. He was uh, creating roads. He was doing all this stuff. He found in the middle of the sand there was a rock right in the middle of the sandbox. It was down, you know, four or five inches under the sand, but it was in there. It was a big rock. So he thought, you know, i got to get rid of that rock. And so he started pushing on it, and he pushed with his arms, and he couldn't move it at all, and so he got down on his back, and he started pushing with his feet. He did the best he could do, and he got it over to the side of the sandbox, and he started, you know, trying to get it up on the edge of the sandbox and push it out, but every time he kind of got it up, every time he, he got to that point, it would fall back down. And he, could, he couldn't get it out. Well, he, he was determined. He shoved, he pushed, he pried. But every time the rock would tip back toward him, and it would roll back and, and kind of mash his pudgy little fingers. And it was it was bad. And so he got very frustrated, and he just started crying. He didn't know what else to do. He just started crying. His dad had been standing at the living room window during all this and he had watched the whole drama unfold. He'd seen the whole deal. And he slipped out the door and he came around and all of a sudden over this little crying boy, there's a big shadow over him and over the sandbox. His dad has arrived. And the little boy looks up and he's totally defeated. He's crying. He just doesn't know what to do. And his dad says, son, why didn't you use all the strength that you had available? And the little boy said, I did daddy. I did. I did. I pushed as hard as I could. And the father said, no, son, you didn't use all the strength that was available to you. You didn't call me. And the father reached down and picked up the rock and moved it out of the sandbox. And then he hugged his son. And everything all of a sudden seemed to be right. You know, when the big rocks are in our way, don't give up. Don't be afraid. Call on our... Heavenly Father, and just believe. When Jairus and his wife saw what Jesus could do, they were astonished. I mean, astonished. Would you like to see what Jesus can do? Then don't be afraid, just believe. This morning, we want to have a time of invitation. We want to invite anybody that's in the house that wants to trust in Christ to do that. Just believe. Just believe. Just commit your heart and your life to Him. Just believe. If you're here today and you need a church home, we all need a church home. A place where we go, where we're involved in the ministry, where we serve the Lord. These two fine men that have stepped forward in our church, I just... I've thanked the Lord so many times for them and what they're doing. What 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 is it that God would lead you to do? Don't be afraid. Just believe. Well, I'm going to stand down here at the front, and if the Lord leads you, just slip out and slip forward and come and, and take a stand for Christ. That's all I would ask. Let's stand together as we sing.